Led through the mist by the milk light of moon, all that was lost is revealed. Our long bygone burdens, miracles of the spring, but when. Who once walked the earth as Kevin? And I'm Nicholas, blood-sucking vampire from Transylvania. He killed me and all of my blood. He killed my blood. Ooh. And I'll do it again. And I'm Laura, the skeleton. <laughs> Spook. Spooky scary skeleton! <laughs> Watch us steal the powers from NBA superstar players! We're the monsters! <laughs> What's that? Oh no! Oh! Hello? Oh! Wait! That's not a monster! I know that person! Oh god, even statistically more dangerous! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Chili's. <laughs> Welcome to Storyboard, everyone! Hi. Introduce- who the fuck are you? I'm your sister, I live in this house. <laughs> I don't believe you! Cool. Welcome to Scaryboard. I'm Gavin. I'm Nick. I'm Laura. And I'm Sam. Woo! Our special guest star! Yeah. First time for that. Yeah, we're going spooky for this one, guys. What do we watch? We watched the first five episodes of Over the Garden Wall. Only the first five. Because this is our first two-parter episode. That's right. There we go. Hey, sorry for the, um, the overly cheesy fucking workshopped, uh, intro bit that we did there. It took us way too fucking long to flush out. I'm not sorry. I hope I'm you not got, sorry. I, I hope a... you enjoyed it. It was hard. That's what Halloween's all about. Going to great lengths to fucking be a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't even get candy for it. Send us candy. You out there, send us candy. It's Halloween. I wanted to be the vampire, you but I don't got the buckets of it. I know you do. <laughs> I wanted to be the vampire, but I don't got the vampire chops for it. Speaking of Halloween, over the garden wall. Yes. Over the garden wall. Fucking the Halloweeniest show Cartoon Network has to offer, or at least the best one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, yep. you could say that Billy and Mandy's a spookum, but also like this. This is a fucking masterpiece. It's a spookum, but not a necessarily fall Halloween oriented spookum. Mm-hmm. Well, it gets there for like one episode. <laughs> so as far as the episodes we watched, we watched uh, The Old Grist Mill, um, Hard I'm, Times... I got them all. Okay. Hard Times with the Husking Bee. We'll just go round robin for it. Alright, yeah. We watched The Old Grist Mill. Hard Times with the Husking Bee. School Town Follies. Songs of the Dark Lantern. And Mad Love. 
I listen. <laughs> I don't pay attention to episode names. You don't I look never have. You don't look at no. the beautiful episode title. Yeah, you've you got them written right episode? here. Episode one. Episode yeah. Two. Yes. <laughs> busy I, listening to the train whistle. No, I'm busy looking at the border art around it. <laughs> I don't, I'm not reading the words. I don't. I have never ever given a shit about episode names, and that has been my biggest weakness throughout this whole podcast. That's why Nick normally says them. Nick says them. We usually have a Wikipedia article open. We usually True. have a Wikipedia open. Wait, no, I've lifted the curtain. No, you can see the bones under there. God damn it! Yeah, it's me, Laura the Skeleton. How they know how to make a podcast. <laughs> uh, and what the fuck do they even need us for anymore? <laughs> so, um, Over the Garden Wall is a series about two young lads uh, lost in the forest and trying to find their way home. One of them's a good boy. A good, good boy. I'd argue that both of them are good boys. One of them's a good boy. One of them's a good, good, good boy. I'd argue that all three of them are good Very boys. good boy. Who's the third good boy? Jason Funderburger. Slash Kitty. George Washington. Slash Kitty. Slash Wirt Jr. <laughs> They're also joined by a sarcastic bluebird named Beatrice, who I love. Ah, she's a good boy, too. <laughs> They're all great. All excellent. So, Sam, because you're our special guest star, could you tell us what happened in the first episode? Yeah, so the first episode is kind of our exposition. We see Greg and Wirt just kind of realize that they are lost in the middle of these dark woods. And as they try to come to terms with their lostness, they end up finding an old man chopping wood in the forest. And he shows them to his, uh, not his home, but a home that he has been staying in while he mills for these trees that create this black goop as he grinds them up. Now, I do want to mention that at the very beginning of this episode, as we open up, we do like slowly hear a voice talking. And that voice is one of our protagonists, Gregory, listing off a long list of names. They are for his frog, but he's taking a very interesting approach, and that is he's naming off all the names he doesn't want to name his frog. I think, that's a, I think that's a good approach. Like, that way you don't end up naming the frog something you hate. I, per- <laughs> I personally think Artichoke would be a pretty good name for a Artichoke frog. Artichoke would be a bomb-ass frog name. Uh, Greg. 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 It's okay. He, he's young. Grow up a little bit, Greg. No, <laughs> no, no, no. No, that's not his problem. Never, ever, ever grow up, Greg. You ever. Need, you need to give your frog a sensible name, like William. Child, look after that frog and give him a proper name. Nick, that was the most restraint in saying a name that I've ever heard from you. Normally he goes uh. some, like, Frimbus McBobbleduke shit over here. His I'm favorite sorry, syllables are us, Ingus, and uh, um, Mick. Mick. He loves Mick. Nick is an actual real gnome from D&D. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> oh, boy, howdy. Um, Greg lists off all the names he doesn't want. It is at this point you know who the best boy is. Who the most sweetest, awesome best boy is. Can I say real quick, and your folks are probably already aware, but I love the opening song so much. Oh, yeah, it's good. I love every song. Yeah, every That's song true. in it is so the, good. They're all good. The show is just flat out good. Guys, mm-hmm. did you guess this is a good show? <laughs> the opening sequence of images is also very good. Oh, it's really haunting, too. Yes, can I get uh, good shows for 500? Laura. Name a good show. Backyardigans. 
uh, uh, in the form of a question. <laughs> also, <laughs> also leave. <laughs> also get out of my incorrect. House. <laughs> that was the Daily Double. You've been fired from Jeopardy. Leave through the front, you you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, yeah, we get a really cool, really cool opening. We got we got our frog tapping the keys, tapping away. Oh Only I. I challenged you all to get out there and fucking find me. <laughs> Last episode. Here's a hint. I am constantly wearing a t-shirt with that frog playing the piano. <laughs> it's one of my favorite fucking t-shirts ever. He's right. It's he, so good. He is like a cartoon character where it's only one outfit ever. Pretty much. And it's that frog playing the fucking piano. Just shredding them keys out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here's a secret for you folks. He's wearing a white t-shirt right now. Yeah, I am. Because he's a ghost. He's a ghost. Because I'm a ghost. This is my ghost play. We're all in costume right now. This is a Halloween episode. Oh, you wore some greaser. You took off your fucking jacket, though. <laughs> vampire greaser. It's a vampire greaser. It got hot. No. Hey, Polly, how you doing? <laughs> wanna, you... wanna jump in my hot rod? <laughs> Can you please... Try and do the Fonzie A with a vampire voice. Hey! <laughs> Imagine if Fonzie wore a vampire and also went to high school. I mean. And no one questioned it. I would watch that show. I would watch that show and then put that show on this show. Anyways, over the garden wall. <laughs> But enough about the fawns, folks. We've got over the garden wall to talk about. <laughs> Alright, we're at the grist mill. This old fucker, you don't... He has an axe, he's scary as shit, as Halloween shows are want to be. Talks you don't like know Doc what Brown. He's ha- oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's nice. Oh, it's very it good. The voices in the show are fantastic. It's really... Good. Really, really they are. They got... They have Dr. Brown... They have, um... <gasps> I do get to say a, I do get to say a silly name. Did you call They've got Dr. Brown? Dr. Brown. <laughs> you know, we've got Dr. Brown, PhD. Dr. Brown, PhD, Esquire. <laughs> oh, man. Thank you. His name is Doc, you asshole. No, no, but now I'm just imagining a version of, of Back to the Future where Marty always refers to him as Doctor. Doctor? Hey, Doctor! Isn't that just Doctor Who? Doctor. <laughs> Uh, no, no, it has to be with a British accent. It has to be with a British God, accent. God, can we please switch a Doc Brown and the Doctor? That was the crossover of the century. <laughs> Fuck, can we stay on task for four seconds? No. no. Um. Over the garden wall. <laughs> we were so excited for this one because we love this show and we're not on task. Boy, I howdy. fucking love this show. Um. So, okay, so Greg has a fucking teapot on his head. I don't, I've watched this show so many goddamn times, I'm, it doesn't even surprise me anymore, but I've just realized Greg is wearing a teapot, and some people don't know why. We you, can't tell you why. It's a secret. You, why it, he's wearing a teapot is one of the biggest just, plot twists in history. I guess, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm gonna say, normally we don't tend to care much. I mean, I think it's obvious by now that we're a spoiler podcast. Yeah. I you should address this. watch Over the Garden Wall. Do that. We should have said this at the beginning, hey. but you should watch Over the Garden Wall. Hey, guys, guys, if you've seen Over the Garden Wall, listen, pull up a chair, let's have a laugh, all that stuff. If you haven't seen Over the Garden Wall, friendo, go watch it. 
You got time. It's gonna play on Halloween. Uh, yeah, exactly. I you've got this is a safe space. I'm not going to you you are behind the curve though. Don't get me wrong. But friendo, you done missed out. Go watch over the garden wall. Stop missing out. Live your life and go watch TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like sincerely. And if you're not going to, and if you say shut up, fucker, get on with the podcast, fine. I'm not your, I'm not your dad. I'm not your spooky dad. I can't make you clean your room or anything. I'm not your mom, but as your friend, please watch this show before it is spoiled for you. I am your mom, and go clean your room and watch over the garden wall. That's right. I'm your mother. Hi, I love you, sweetie. I'm proud of you. Aw. Go watch over the garden wall, you fuck. You uncultured fuck. Hey guys, we're at the grist mill. We're at the grist mill. This woodsman only has love and concern in his heart for these two boys, these sweet, sweet boys. He is kind of done with them, though. Wart wants to knock him out. (laughs) Wart wants to kill him. For like two seconds. He says it's a bad plan. Yeah, it was a bad plan. He has an axe, and also he's a pretty strut. He's old, but he looks fucking... Fucking shredded under that trench coat. That guy's oh, yeah. shredded. He's, he's a strong boy. <laughs> he has to be a strong boy if you're cutting down fucking trees all the time. Oil trees. Oil trees. You grind them up, makes oil. So, he uses it for his lantern. His completely harmless lantern. Uh-huh. So he goes to grind up the oil. Wirt does... He lays down and does poetry at himself. Greg... Now it, it I don't is, know. Greg it throws a... candy on the floor and marches out into the woods alone. <laughs> That's all children do. It is at... Wirt... Lies down and said, talks poetry at himself and also nothing and no one. It is at this point you're wondering, hmm, I don't know about this show. <laughs> and then Greg proceeds to save the show by throwing candy everywhere and marching out into the woods alone. <laughs> I'd say he saved the show by being on screen. I say the show doesn't need saving because it's a good show. It is. And, yeah, but first impressions. First impressions... Pretty good, but then hmm, I don't know about all this this fucking poetry junk. Wart, you little. Hey. Wart's just a fucking angsty whiner. Aren't He's just all? a fucking whiny boy. Hey, hey, hey! He, he channels that whining into poetry. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes clarinet music. Sam, I was trying it. not to mention the clarinet music. Which was, I was trying to keep, keep some credibility for this gentleman. <laughs> As you know, if you were ever in the band. You're the worst. <laughs> Shout out to three of us who are the worst. Yo, what's up? Hey, the band population has grown. Sam was also in it. Hey. Whoa. I was Laura's flute deputy partner. I wasn't even the sheriff. So Greg's out looking for this frog, but you know you know that frog. You know frogs. They like to give you the runaround. Well, right now his name is Kitty. We're that will change. We're currently in the Kitty era. Kitty era. While he's looking for Kitty, he falls in a barrel, and a bad thing shows up. The beast. Well, no. A, a beast. A, a beast. beast. With, he has beautiful eyes. He does have beautiful eyes he and does. a horrifying fucking mouth. At this point, you're wondering, you've been warned about the beast, and you're wondering, oh my god, is this the beast? Beast bears his teeth with his glowing eyes just threatening the small child, and then we cut back to work playing a cup game inside. <laughs> Well, no, actually, there was no cup. It was just a stick with a spike on it. It was just a stick. Well, I don't know. Wait, 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 wait. But no, what does he say? What does Greg say? You have beautiful eyes. So we get the beast, and it comes into the house. And one thing I only recently found out was that the woodsman steps forward, and he 
he does actually start to tell them that it isn't the beast, but he gets cut off when when Greg tries to tries him. to knock him out. Do, yes, he With does. With some cleverly placed uh, items around the room that he placed there in the prior scene after Greg told him that they should kill the man. Like <laughs> he didn't hit him over the head, but he did fail horrendously, and then Rube Goldberg him to death? No, 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 no. He meant to knock the hat off, and he meant for him to trip on the thing, and he meant to hit his head on the log so it would look like an accident. This child is a genius. <laughs> He's the one pulling the strings, folks. He actually grows up to become Saw. <laughs> no! That is hey, the- Hey, Kitty, you wanna play a game? That's the <laughs> furthest- that's the furthest from the fucking truth. My god. Greg is an angel child. For fuck's sake. Anyway. Um, Whether or not he's a child has yet to be discovered. <laughs> all right. Yes, he's a child, you fuck. <laughs> alright, alright. Doc Brown is KO'd. The dog. Dog. Uh, the dog. Dog. Continues to pursue the children. No, it, they exit it tr- pursued by dog. The dog tries to get to, to war. And Greg just starts spanking him on the bottom <laughs> with the handle of the axe. Spank. He goes, a, did he say spank? Yeah, yes. he goes, spank, spank. And then the dog, it grabs his attention. I mean, it fucking works. And then Wart just runs out of the fucking house. And run, run, he, run, 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 He candy camouflages out of the fucking house. Run, 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 run. Like, Wart doesn't even, like, try to help his brother. He's gonna get eaten by this dog. He's just out of there. I don't <gasps> think he says, come on, Greg. And yeah. then he books it. And then Greg throws up his candy camouflage. Greg's really... But, like... I guess. Greg is kind of the inciting actor in the first bit of the show. Greg's the one doing shit, and Wart's the one Not doing what he's told. Whining about it. <laughs> Greg's the one Greg's the one doing shit, Wart's the one whining about it. They just run into the next room. The dog continues to wreck house. As the dog wrecks house, they manage to get the dog stuck between two wheels on the mill, which gets them stuck and also breaks the entire house. The dog is heimlicked by the wheels, spits out a black turtle that Greg mm-hmm. had... Sorry, go on. I just have very strong feelings about those black turtles. <laughs> I'll get into that later. The dog spits out a black turtle that Greg had previously stuck a piece of candy on, and now it's a nice dog. He's... What? Wart stuck that candy piece on there. No, no, it was no, Greg. Greg. It did. was Greg. No. Are you sure? Yeah, Positive. there was a turtle walking by, and Greg took his yeah. piece of candy and went... And Wart was... I thought Wart was looking at it, though. He, was, he did something with that candy. No, Wart never did no. anything with candy. Except have a piece stuck to his cloak. I'm so sure. Nope. Why would Wart put candy on a turtle? Because Greg was leaving a candy path, and Wart, like, found the turtle and found the piece of candy on Greg's candy path, and I don't know, he put it on the turtle. Mm-hmm. No, Greg, he didn't, dude. You're living in the Berenstein universe right now. Fuck. <laughs> Sorry. Gavin, you're assuming that Word is doing something in this episode. No! I just thought, like, I just thought that was a whole thing, because Word blames Greg for the whole incident, and actually... Because he put the candy on the turtle. But Word didn't, Word didn't, like, do anything productive in that whole thing. He just sat there and freaked out and ran away. Yeah, like, Wart's sitting there... Bl- okay, the main thing that happens in this episode is that, first of all, if that explanation did get time-licked by the wheel and then, like, it, it breaks the whole house. Ha- like, that's what happened! That's literally how that went. If that seemed, like, fucked together, yeah, that's what happened! That scene was a shit-fest! Like, <laughs> there's a fucking crazy-ass dog after these kids and they fucking barely got away and the wheels just hide like this black-ass turtle out of this fucking dog, who then turns into a friend and boy. 
It's just a regular dog. It's his best friend now. Where he coughed up the turtle and now he's my best friend. Turns out these black turtles like fuck. They fuck you up real nice. Apparently, mm. we'll we'll hear more about them when next I have episode. my rant. That rant. might be later, though. <laughs> you see these black turtles? They just pop up everywhere throughout the show, but you never know what they do until you learn. But anywho. So, pretty much, like, as you can tell, Wart is a very passive character, and he gets told, he gets called out by the woodsman at the end of the episode, who tells him that he needs to take better care of his younger brother. And really, that's, like, he needs to do more in general, and that's kind yeah. of where we're at with Wart at the beginning of, of this show. He just isn't really doing anything. Fucking... The woodsman wouldn't have even called him out if Wart weren't whining about it. Like, Wart was just like, way to go, Greg, you messed it all up. I mean, for, honestly, what the fuck did Greg do? He left a candy trail. How the fuck were you guys supposed to know? Like, come on, Wart. Second of all, he did more than you. And third of all... This kid's like the, seven. And third of all, what the woodsman said, you are the elder child. His, like, his mistakes are your responsibility. You should be cha- taking charge. You should be leading this, but you're not. And this reprimand seems really harsh the first time around you watch it, but as you begin to, like, see Wart do more, or maybe I should say not do more as a character, you kind of realize that the woodsman is very right. The woodsman pegged him instantaneously. It was crazy. But, yeah, first time around, you're like, hey man, come on, Wart's just like, you know, I don't know, he's trying his best. No, he he really isn't. He's doing, like, a lot of nothing. Yeah. Uh... Episode ends, police get out of my goddamn face, the woodsman says, and go north. <laughs> Uh, yes, that is a direct quote, obviously, from the show. They said it. Get out of here! The woodsman said fuck. Fuck out of here! Yeah, I'm surprised they, like, aired it on Cartoon Network, man. They well, said this, crap in regular show. This show was about... <laughs> That's the even the worst word! They said piss in regular show. <laughs> what, they did? They did. I heard they said the heck word. <sighs> I heard they said too. I heard Goody Proctor said fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we're on to episode two, and honestly, guys, I love this one. This one's fun. Hard times at the Husk and Bee. What's a Husk and Bee? Husk and Bee is actually... Wait, Sam, would you like to say? Uh, yeah, it's like a harvest festival where they do pretty much what they do in this episode, which is, you know, have events in the barn like corn chucking and apple bobbing. But on the way there, who else do they meet but the bluebird that we didn't mention from the first episode? Dang it! Okay. Beatrice, I love her. The bluebird that's been looking at them menacingly from the branches of these shadowy trees. Plotting with a small gun in her wing. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) Greg has to get Beatrice. Beatrice is stuck now, and Greg has to get her unstuck, and then now Beatrice is bound to help them because, I don't know. Bluebird rules. He fucking saved her. Bluebird rules. The bluebird rules. TM. TM. (laughs) It's her intellectual property. Trademark, do not, don't take it, don't steal it. Original bluebird, do not use this. And they find their way to a town, the town of Pottsfield. Step on a couple of pumpkins that are lying right in the middle of the fucking path, but like whatever. No one's um, there. No one's for, No one's there except for a turkey um, waiting for the slaughter. A very sad turkey <laughs> who has resigned himself to decapitation. <laughs> this turkey lying on the fucking counter, and there's a bunch of cleavers next to him. You're like, oh god. Yeah, man. I mean, who would 
kill their turkey on the dining table. It's going to be hard to clean up. This oh, is a wait. giant turkey, too. This is like oh, no. a horse-sized turkey. Wait, oh, no. wait. This this is when I got my notebook. This is when I started taking notes. Um, Beatrice, the fucking savage, she has some lines in her. <laughs> like, you, they first save Beatrice, and Beatrice is like, hey, you're a couple of lost kids with no purpose in life. <laughs> and it cuts to where it's just... Mm. Greg just goes, yeah, Wart's like... Fuck you. <laughs> They've said it again. It's like once per episode. And Beatrice starts whispering in the Greg's ear. This is like PG-13. <laughs> I know. It's like, hey, how about we ditch your brother? And Greg's like, maybe later. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's after Greg is saying, like, hi, I'm Greg. Nice to meet you, Greg. And this is Wirt. Who cares? <laughs> and again, they cut back to, to Wirt, who just looks like so hurt. <laughs> yeah, free me. I'll do you a solid. Yeah, I'll do you one. Cool! Can you turn me into a shark? Or tiger! A magical like, tiger. Can you turn me into a magical tiger? I'm not magic. I'm just a bluebird. <laughs> a talking fucking bluebird, but whatever. She's not magic, guys. A bluebird who can make sounds with her lips that she doesn't have. Okay. Birds? Forgive. Birds are... Well, not bluebirds. Other birds are extremely good at making person noises. I won't accept the fact that she makes the... Sound. Which is all lip. Well, she used to have lips. She has. She's <laughs> she not even, She still thinks she has lips. Phantom lips. She hasn't looked down and fallen to the chasm yet. You think, therefore, you can. <laughs> so they both. They they all step on pumpkins. Greg just doesn't take his off. Like you look down later, and Greg's like, Greg still has that pumpkin on his foot, and you're like, all right, pumpkin peg leg. <laughs> so they show up to this place, and they're having a weird harvest dance. Some cool character design. Looks like a fucking cult. Like these people are dancing around this giant ass pumpkin. They're all pumpkins. They eat pumpkins. Oh, They're fucking living as and with pumpkins. Like it's it's creepy. It's weird. And this giant shit's scary. Pumpkin leering at them from the rafters. Giant God. pumpkin. God. Okay, the guys like you know start chatting it up with this this lady pumpkin. I don't know. You can the assume guys. You know the guys. Wharton, Greg, the guys. You know, the guys. <laughs> Them good old boys. Monday, Tuesday, happy day. <laughs> I start going into more. Let's get back to Greg and the gang. <laughs> I start going more. Them good old boys drinking whiskey and rye, saying this will be the day that I die. What? Do you not know that song? No. You don't know American Pie? No. Do you know that song, Nick? Do you know that song, Sam? Yeah. Gavin! What? You don't know that song! No! Gavin doesn't know American Pie! I'm sorry. Don't tell him that. (laughs) We'll rectify this later. I'm (laughs) sad and embarrassed. (laughs) Fuck. Back to the episode. I'm sorry, I don't know a bunch of shit. You'd be a jerk about it. Whatever. But no, they're talking to this lady pumpkin. And I think she may be the scariest character in this entire show. No, Oops. definitely not. Okay, no, I'll absolutely take, not. I'll take it, but like... She's just mildly she's creepy, which builds up to that. But like, line by line, it's like, people don't usually leave Pottsfield. Oh, um... Yeah, well, we're just looking to leave and get out of here as soon as possible. Yeah. We're trying to get home. Leave? And we should mention that every time a pumpkin person speaks is accompanied by, like, shadows around them and, like, just zooming in eerily on their face. And then, like, their we're, unmoving we're, face. Where it's just, like, talking to them, like, 
oh yeah, you know, like he is not even like scared. Well, I think what? he's unnerved. I think he's, he's pretty. He's scared, but he's like he's also just like well, keeps going. No, no, actually, I'm with Sam on this one. He is not nearly as scared as he should be. Yeah. He's a little nervous, but he's not... No, he's very scared. He's scared as shit, but he doesn't know how to get out of a situation. He's just trying to talk like nothing's wrong. I mean, Beatrice is, like, telling him the whole time, hey, let's just, like, walk out and leave, and he won't do it. Yeah, she's the only one actively trying to leave. Yeah, okay, at first, at first, Beatrice is like, hey, let's fucking get out of here. And Ward's like, nah, these are our only hopes at fucking getting home. And then once it starts getting creepy, then Ward gets scared. Yeah, but then they cause a scene, and giant... Leave, uh, leave, leave Pottsville. No one leaves Pottsville. Like, it, shit, gets, <laughs> shit gets way, way creepy, way fast. Yeah, they cause a scene, giant pumpkin man descends... And it's horrifying, but now. he also has a golden voice. He has a golden Listen, voice. Listen, listeners, I am a sucker for voices that sound so good, and he has such a good voice. Silky smooth. Silky smooth. Silky smooth. Well, I didn't think it'd be, it'd end up weird, but then it ended <laughs> up weird, I guess. Sorry. Anyone who's heard this guy's voice knows exactly what the fuck we're talking about. He's got a cool name, too. His name is Enoch. That's His cool. name is... Enoch. God damn. Enoch the Great with the silkiest of voices. He's a big boy. I play Enoch's voice on a tape every night to lull me to sleep. Yep, Enoch lays down the law. He says, alright, you guys, you guys are guilty of, and I'm not doing the voice, you guys are guilty of destruction of property, destroying the peace, trespassing, and murder. Murder? Uh, what? Murder? Nah. Oh, no, not murder. <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding. Nah, you're just gonna like, do some community service. And that's about it. And we transition. Well, they do a nice little community service montage, playing some, again, dope-ass music, and they're just having a good old time, you know, picking some, picking some corn and, you know. Patient is the night. It's an absolute bop. I love it. Fantastic. It's not a bop. It's not a bop. It's not a bop. It's not a jam. It it's doesn't It's good slap. as shit. It's really good. What's the word for a really good song that's not energetic, but it's nice to listen to? A really fucking good song. <laughs> yep. That's what it is. <laughs> a smooth criminal. So they're digging <laughs> holes. And what do they find in the hole? A skeleton! A skeleton! skeleton. Ooh. Ooh. What uh, if you're digging your own grave? Nick mentioned that uh, Greg is digging this hole for several minutes, like to unearth the entire skeleton that wasn't before he me. finally turns around and says something. That wasn't me. That was somebody else who mentioned that. I think that was me. I okay, was like, yeah. "No, that whole skeleton's unearthed." He was digging for a while before bringing it up. But then I pointed out the fact that um, um that Greg um, then immediately turns over to her and says, "Hey, Wirt, I found buried treasure. Oh, cool. What's the treasure? A corpse." Fuck. <laughs> uh. Uh. So Beatrice planted the fucking, uh, incepted in, in Wart's mind that, oh shit, they're digging their own graves. No, and he came to that conclusion on his own. No? Be- no, Beatrice says, what if you're digging your own graves? And then Wart's like, nah. Oh, right, duh, and then Greg finds a goddamn corpse, and then Wart's like, time to go. My bad, well, you're right. I feel like Wart would have come to that conclusion eventually as well. Yeah, he was being a paranoid fuck. But then... Like he is. I mean, is it really that paranoid? <laughs> Not really. They were creepy as fuck. 
Yep. What seems to be a funeral procession of all the pumpkin people approaches, and where it's like, oh god. Now this I do want to get into. As they're coming over, first of all, for a procession that is not a funeral, they are definitely playing taps. And they're also marching in a line. <laughs> yeah, marching in a line. But another song that they start playing that I was that was recently pointed out to me is they actually start playing Come Wayward Souls as they're walking up to them. And Come Wayward Souls is the song that is always associated with the Beast. Oh, um, God. And Enoch is one of only three characters who has, like, that song associated with him. Um, the other two we're going to get into later. But I thought that was very interesting. But yeah, we've got the funeral. But they come back. Which is actually just a fun parade. <laughs> yeah, they uh, show up. They're skeletons. They like yeah. death. That's we're... fun to them. Yeah, that's the plot twist. Wirt tries distracting them, but while he... How does he distract them, Laura? Wirt distracts them so Beatrice can break the shackles attached to their feet. But how does he distract them? What does he say? We were digging, but we found a bunch of rocks. Rocks? Huh. Rocks? Yeah, rocks. You guys don't like rocks, right? No. No. No, so... we, we don't like rocks. So we gotta get rid of the rocks. Yeah, I guess you gotta get rid of the rocks, you know? Yeah. <laughs> He just shits together this whole fucking excuse about rocks so that Beatrice can break their shackles and they can all fucking get out of there. My favorite part, though, is is Beatrice unhooks um, Greg and they both book it out of there and none of the pumpkin people do anything about it. <laughs> yeah. They're just so interested in this story about the rocks. Because immediately afterwards, hot dog french fries, these skeletons are now alive! <laughs> oh, whoa! The skeletons they dig up, uh, they get up, they're, I mean, this whole town's full of skeletons, obviously. They fucking, they get up. Well, now it's obvious. Well, we've referenced it tons of fucking times before. Like, we've called them skeletons before now. <laughs> Guys, they're all skeletons. Again, if you haven't watched the show, you're probably very confused. Uh, take a moment to pause this and yeah. go, watch, go watch the show. Fuck. What are you doing? Yeah. Um, listening to us. God. Yeah, it turns out they're all a bunch of just cool skeleton dudes and... They um, fucking j- jam their asses into that fucking pumpkin. Start jigging around, doing a happy jig. <sighs> yep. And um, Enoch lets Squirt go, but not before being the most ominous person ever and saying, like, sure, you don't want to stay with us? No, I'm sure. Oh, well. Everyone comes back eventually. It was at this point you find out it was all just creepy fucking extortion. <laughs> like... Enoch knows what he did. These kids were lost and just stumbled into town, but he just fucking extorts them, makes them do a bunch of their shit and dig up their friends. <laughs> like, fuck you. You're great, Enoch, but god damn it. Next episode? Yeah, no, next... we have to address how Greg and Kitty, or uh, Wart no, Jr. at this point. We are in the Wart Jr. This era. is the oh, Wart Jr. era. I've got a gem of a screen cap to put on Twitter after this goes up. <laughs> Fucking Greg and Wart Jr. are just sitting there, just fucking mimicking each other. And this frog, first of all, I fucking love frogs so damn much. And this particular frog, god damn it, I fu- he's the best. best he's the boy. best. He's the best boy. Mm-hmm. I love this frog. Love it. Anyways, this this motley crew. Yeah, this motley crew um, decide that they're gonna go do what Beatrice was suggesting from the very beginning. And go visit Adelaide of the Pasture, the uh, the good woman of the woods. What does Adelaide of the Pasture do, Nick? She um, is a good woman to the woods. She helps people. Cool, like lo- lost little lo- lost little boys such as we. 
Lost little boys such as we. Ooh, that sounds promising. Episode three. To Adelaide. To Adelaide. Adelaide. Come, Come on, on Adelaide. join the Adelaide parade. No. <laughs> no. Well, no, you want to go to Adelaide's house. No, fucking Beatrice. No, that's just what Beatrice and Ward, I, well. Beatrice and Ward just fucking. As of now, I want to go to Adelaide's house. I always want to go to Adelaide's house. But, oh, like, no. fucking Beatrice and Ward, apparently, or the goddamn fun police or whatever. <laughs> Beatrice, you sing the high part. Ward, you sing the really high part. We're not singing any parts. <laughs> Which one is this? Uh, uh this school? is School Town Falls. Yeah, this is School right, Town Falls. Okay. That's what I thought. So, yeah, as they're walking, uh, Beatrice and Ward. After they fun police Greg are having an argument of their own in which Beatrice points out that Wart is a pushover and never really does anything of his own. To which Wart takes offense to this and decides... For some reason. For some reason. And decides that he's going to spend the whole episode doing the opposite of whatever Beatrice wants him to do. Which is exactly what fucking everyone else is telling him to do and not moving along and fucking getting on with it. I honestly have to admire Wirt so much in this episode because he decides he wants to be spiteful towards Beatrice, but instead of being like, okay, I'm going to do exactly the opposite of what you want me to do, he does exactly what uh, she said he was doing and just does what everybody tells him. And uses it against her. So great. What, he does what everybody tells him to do except Beatrice. It's awesome. So it's But, like, good! He shows a little fucking backbone for once. Like, Beatrice is right. He just, he's a thoughtless fucking, like, Beatrice. He's not thoughtless, he's just spineless. Yeah. <laughs> listen, it's so obvious. Beatrice pegged him in one. The woodsman just pegged him in one. This is where he can start trying to fucking fix it. So then they come up on the schoolhouse. Work looks in for a moment. And the teacher, Miss Langtree, who's adorable and I love her, she's like, sit down. He's like, all Even right. And he's... Greg uh, expresses his complete disinterest and runs off into the woods. Me too. Psh, not today. <laughs> First of all, if you don't use that gift to describe a bunch of shit online all the time, what are you doing? Not Watch today. this show. What are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah, we meet Mrs. Langtree, and she may be one of my new favorite characters. In now, this, in the children, show. sit on down, even though I've never seen you before, and also this is a school for animals, that which you are not. She is a sweetheart, and I She's love her. adorable. She's not the brightest. No! But she's a sweetheart. This whole episode, all of the human characters feel like they're taken out of, like, some kind of, of early American, like... Soap opera. Like, soap opera book. Like, everything is so over the top, the old lady, or, or Mrs. Langtree's like, oh, I love my Jimmy Brown, and oh, she just... starts singing a whole song in the middle of class. About but how she... he gave her an apple and she found a worm inside, which is symbolic for later. Hey. Found a worm inside. No, but yeah, she, she, expre- she expresses the, the problems around this schoolhouse, and that is that she fell in love, the guy left her, and there's also an escaped gorilla on the loose. <laughs> you guys ever get those teachers who have to teach you the material because it's their fucking job, but they also like to talk about their fucking problems to their class a lot. This is her. <laughs> but see, she's This really is her imp- a lot. She's really impressive because she can do both at the same time. In song! She goes into her song that talks about all the woes of her life, but she does so by, by going through the entire alphabet and the first uh, nine numerals of... I will say we don't get to hear all of it in the episode, but search out Langtree's Lament. Because it's a joy to listen to. It's great. And Cut to Greg. Cut to Greg's truancy. <laughs> Hanging out with the cool kid animals. <laughs> Who are like, 
a possum, a raccoon, and a deer who... They're, they're supposed to be the cool kid bad boys, but they're still just good boys. They're adorable. Possum, raccoon, and deer are the, are the coolest of the animals. Coolest. Greg's theory corner. He thinks hot dogs are actually dogs, despite what they teach you at school. Uh, they fight a gorilla. They... <laughs> <laughs> you knew it was going to We all knew it was coming. Spoilers! Okay. Gorilla shows up. Langtree says her earlier in the episode, Langtree, um, she talks all about her no good fucking boyfriend who just left and didn't come back one day. Um, the school's having financial troubles, and on top of all of that, a gorilla's on the loose. Also, and this I... gorilla can't talk and doesn't wear cute clothes like the other animals. No, it's so just an angry he, boy. He must be expunged. Um, <laughs> expunged. <laughs> I re- I know that's a word. It just sounds great. I really want to. I really want to take a loop back to the song and mention the fact that when she's going through the song, she gets to the number of three, and the line for three is three is the number of days that you've been gone." What? So it reveals that she has been away from her boyfriend for three days, and she is just completely collapsed. It's been three days since he looked at me. <laughs> God damn it! I'm sorry. I had to get. I had to get. I had to Laura. get. Laura. God what? damn it. I had to get some fucking... You've had this on. shit. You've had backyard again. You're in thin fucking ice. <laughs> God damn it. Sorry. Oh, man. Let me enjoy myself. <laughs> Greg and the ragtag group of truant animals uh, fight the gorilla, but it ends up chasing them into the schoolhouse. So they run into the schoolhouse just in time for uh, mealtime, in which they sing it's they have mealtime, bland mashed potatoes to eat. And Greg decides to liven it up by slamming his hands on the piano for Langtree to play a, high, a higher tempo song. And Can then play a wonderful song about potatoes and molasses. And it's the best thing ever. Play something like this. Bum, 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 bum. Oh, you mean like this? Da, 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 da. Yeah, I guess. Good enough. <laughs> good enough. Now, I've heard actual potatoes and molasses is actually kind of nasty and that it's, it's not as good as the song would make you believe. Which what? is disappointing. Well, then you're not doing it right. I don't think I've ever had molasses. Molasses is nasty. I've had molasses cookies. They're all right. Uh. Mm. Anyways. Potatoes and molasses. If you want some, let's continue. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) That was a good go. Listen Um, to Potatoes and Molasses. And also watch the entire series. (laughs) What are you doing? Did you watch it yet? Did hey, you have you it? watched it yet? Have you watched it? Like, you, okay, you can, if you're one of those guys who are like, you can't tell me what to do, and then keeps listening, cool, I can't make you do anything, but also I'm gonna fucking guilt you are the we, entire time, guys. We, it's gonna be, for, like, hold on, nails on the chalkboard. They don't need to live with the guilt, they just need to live with the fact that they've missed some amazing plot twists, because this show, every single episode is a plot twist. This whole show wants to make you think one thing and then do another. For every mm, episode great. we do over... Are we going to be like, did you watch it yet? Exactly. Okay. We are. Yeah. At some point. Cool. Alright. If you so... haven't watched it yet, stop and go fucking watch Over the Garden Wall, you <laughs> degenerate. You uncultured swine. Yeah, but then we get Mr. Langtree who comes in saying, that's enough! Uh, oh no! Big, big tall boy. <laughs> big miser over here. No, no, you need to give me the instruments. He takes their fucking instruments. And sends them off to bed. Just like the school to unfund the music program. <laughs> Am I right? 
Uh, hey Hey-o. Hey-o. We were bad kids, but no. <laughs> yeah, all the all the animals as well as protagonists uh, go to bed, and we get one of my favorite lines in the whole series, and that is Beatrice saying to Wirt, "You know what? Wirt, you're not a pushover, really. Deep down, you're actually a stubborn jerk. When are you gonna give this up? Maybe never. Maybe I'll never give this up." <laughs> He's so spiteful in this episode. Awesome. Beatrice's lines are just so. What a pro. Just what a pro. She's very Chef blunt. Kiss. And she's, she just gets straight to the point, but she does so eloquently. What a pro. Uh, so they sneak out. Out the window. <laughs> out the window. Greg. Uh, and this is now, again work following Greg. Now, mm. naturally, when you're sneaking out the window, you have to tie your bed sheets together. Even though um, it's on the first floor of yeah. the one floor building. No, Greg has seen movies. He's a, he is educated. He's an educated boy, and he don't need no fucking schooling for none of that. You're right, I'm sorry. Yeah. One thing I noticed is it seems like it turns to night as soon as they walk into the bedroom. Pretty it's much, like, yeah. Me, the bedroom in the one-room schoolhouse. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, maybe that is another thing to question. I think they're in a totally different house. Yeah. Um, there are a couple of buildings on this complex. Oh, maybe. But what else? Um, yeah. The... Complex. Complex. <laughs> They find old man Langtree who's lamenting his his situation, which involves not having enough money, needing to sell the, the instruments, and also again that that escaped gorilla that's just causing so many problems. Oh, how could I have not foreseen that dumping all of my money into the a school for animals was a bad idea? And as he laments this, he takes off. This coat he's been wearing and reveals that he's not a large man. He's actually a very small man wearing a very large coat. Fucking, like, symbolism. He was so intimidating, but then he just got so vulnerable. He Mm. takes off his coat and you realize, oh my god, this is a person. And as soon as you realize this beautiful symbolism, he then uses the trombone to prop up the coat and use it as a tent, and then you just start laughing. And then Greg decides It's really sad, but really funny. And then Greg steals everything! He's asleep! Let's steal his stuff! If only something could go right for a change. Cool, let's steal him. (laughs) Let's steal everything from him. So he wakes up in the morning to the sound of music. What's going on? They're having a fundraiser for the school. Yeah, they're making... With the instruments. Yeah, and they're making a lot of money, and everyone's being real nice. And Greg's bit... Greg, that charismatic motherfucker, is raking in the dough. Except they're on stage singing a song about potatoes and molasses. And then they get attacked by a gorilla. (gasps) (gasps) Not the gorilla! They convince Wirt to do something for once in his life. No, he trips. Well, Beatrice is like, (laughs) we'll do something. He runs to the gorilla, trips... Falls on the gorilla. He had the intention of doing something, which is what counts. And the gorilla's head falls off. That is more than he's done so far. The gorilla's head falls off. Falls right right off. (laughs) And the blood spills out. (laughs) No! Uh, And wash away! (laughs) And now under this gorilla is uh, a man who we learn is uh, Langtree's boyfriend. Jimmy Brown! Jimmy Brown! Uh, That's right, darling. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. Do it, do it, do it, do it. That's right, darling. I was the gorilla. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the the voice acting is is so on point. (laughs) But it turns out he's actually a sweetheart because he didn't have the money to buy Langtree a wedding ring, so he joined the circus to get money. But and then the, got stuck. But when the darn suit got stuck, everybody was just too scared to help me. 
But it's a careful, <coughs> cute reunion. It's a cute reunion. It's it's great. He has a baller ass mustache. Episode four. <laughs> well, well, the episode ends on a reprise of potatoes and molasses. Also, I do really want to point out. Wait, no, you say this. Oh yeah, so like the animals in this episode are very obviously inspired by um, Beatrix Potter, who was the author of Peter Rabbit. Yes, I also. I love the bunny. Sure. I love the bunny. She, wrote, she wrote a lot more short stories. Obviously, of course. About these, about these just woodland animals wearing clothes. Yeah, like, I believe there was I one about a porcupine. Remember. Weren't there? S- or no, a hedgehog. Oh man, it always reminds. I don't I know think if this I was that book. I don't yeah. know if it was the same. It looked familiar. Well, sure, actually, maybe. It- was she the one who did the worm in the helicopter? No. No, no. <laughs> that was Richard Scary. Oh, okay. All right. Moving on. Episode four, Songs of the Dark Lantern. We open up in this cozy hay hole that they're in. Hay hole! They, they're in a bunch of hay. There's a hole in there. It's co- it looks cozy in there. There's a duck. Yeah, there's, there's a duck. There's also, a, um, there's also the guy who's driving the horse carrying the wagon onto which the hay hole is. Situated. Yeah, hey hole. They sort of got a uh, stowaway situation going yeah, on. Here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're hiding the and hay. This, this man driving the cart is just going fucking nuts. You're like, the beast is upon me. The beast. The beast. The beast is upon me. The beast is upon me. Um, and I only just found out again, finding out a lot of things very recently. Found out that that was actually the creator of the show, Patrick McHale. Oh my god. Patrick, you fucking talented ass motherfucker. Oh, god damn it. He sounds great. He's great. I also found out that the reason that he thinks that the beast is upon him is because he heard people talking in the back of his wagon. And so he starts freaking out. That was in the comics, the canon comics. Really? Yeah. I thought it was because the beast was actually in those fucking woods, which he was. He was, but... God damn it. This guy was just stupid. This guy was just silly. God damn it. Most of the people in the show are just silly. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, I have a theory on that, but whatever. um, But they come across... Part two is, is theory time. They come across the Dark Lantern, which is a tavern. Banana nut duck bread. Anyways, uh, time for the tavern. It's really hard to get into this tavern. Something's blocking the door. Oh, it's a good boy. It's a big doggy. It's a dog. He's a very floofy dog. Set down their shit. Uh, Wart says they're gonna go get some food and directions. Greg says he'll be right back. The frog winks at him. <laughs> Great um, shit. You'll notice the frog gets more and more sentient as the series goes on. And it's sentient? Great. Sapient. That's fucking right. Sorry. <laughs> the only one on this podcast who hasn't made that goddamn mistake. Ugh. Well, the only frequenter. Mm. What's up? Your time's coming, Sam. Your time's oh. coming. <laughs> Don't fuck up the sentient sapient. Oh, no. Hey, Sam, do you want to talk about the gimmick of all the characters in the uh, in the tavern? Yeah, so in this tavern, we find that all the characters do not have names. They are only referred to by their occupations. So, like, we have the butcher, and the midwife, and the tailor, and the toy maker. So, when Wirt and Greg come in and try to tell them that their names are Wirt and Greg, these people don't really take that for an answer. They want to, they don't want to know names, they want to know who you are, like, what you do. Uh, which leads to them making a lot of us to try to figure out, you know, who Wirt and Greg are. Beatrice, Beatrice says some shit. A uh, lady doesn't take kind of fucking bluebirds in her tavern. Kicks out the fucking bird, because they're bad luck, you know. 
She has another really great line, which is, good luck, bad luck, I don't need any of it. Good luck, bad luck, I don't need any of it. I love the tavern keeper, she's so cute. I think her design was based on Betty Boop, and she is adorable. Curse you, lady, curse you. You'll die someday, and I'll laugh. Laugh! Ah! And then she fucking... (laughs) She slaps Wart in the the face with a broom. (laughs) Yep. Good scene. Great fucking scene. It's fantastic. And then the highwayman sings his song. It's like the best 20 seconds of animation in the whole show. They do a a really cool rotoscoping technique um, for just this one scene, and it's very cool looking. He's the highwayman, works with his hands, making ends meet just like any other man. Don't mess with him, he'll fuck you up. (laughs) (laughs) Which you don't don't really get that. watching the episode like just all of the fucking episodes like not on tv but any of that but every time they cut to commercial and then they come back it plays that same tune the whole time and you're like oh my god that's the thing that's where it is i don't think it means particularly anything no other than that it was just a really good fucking exit and entrance tune it was just a real good riff oh yeah Uh uh-huh oh yeah yeah but anywho I just like that. Uh, yeah. First time around, I thought that fucking meant something huge. So we're still trying to get directions. He goes up to the toy maker and asks him. He mentions Adelaide and the toy maker wanting to find Wart's identity. Is and he like, "Oh, you're after a girl. You're the lover." And he's like, "Wait, no." They just jump to so many goddamn conclusions. <laughs> but, but not all of them are wrong. That's I mean, it. they're not technically wrong. Yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, actually. But whatever. I mean, their first assumption is that he's an idiot. Right now. <laughs> Maybe he's... That was right as fuck. <laughs> you're after a girl. That was also right as fuck. And then the third conclusion is that you're the hero, you're the protagonist of your own story, which was also right as fuck. Dang, okay. So yeah. actually, they nailed him all three times. Yeah. Everyone who has ever met Wart completely nails him so far. Yeah, he, this boy's an open This book. boy. But, uh, right now I'd argue, I'd argue Sarah's not really on his mind. There's one person that doesn't nail Wart, but we might get into that in part two. Yeah. Yep. Anyways, so, the toy maker sings a song. His really trill cute. is on point. Dudes it's work for all when little boys get married. Dude's voice, like, vibrates. <laughs> it's called trill, and it's great. It's, it's on point. It's vibrato when it's sung. His voice is vibrates. It? Yes. Okay. Which one of us was not in music? <laughs> I'm sorry, Nick. Shut up. <laughs> well, I, piano I only know it as trill on an instrument. Apparently it's vibrato um, yeah. when sung. But... It's great, it's awesome, but my favorite thing is that they're singing about how this boy's getting married, and they only care about how it's going to give them work and them entertainment. Like, that's it. <laughs> they don't give a shit about work. No, well, it's like, I, I feel like it's a thing that's happening, and anytime a thing happens, they all just kind of just fall into place and do their thing, and it, that yeah, kind of exactly. gives them purpose. It's mm-hmm. their entertainment. Okay, that's okay. it. Well, it they, very they really selfish. base their identities off of the things that they do. Yeah, I yeah. suppose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cut to Beatrice talking to a horse. <laughs> Was that a horse? No. I mean, for this particular oh, silver. <laughs> I mean, for this particular horse, it kind of works. Uh, He's not exactly the most on point with his horse sounds. Yeah, that's true. She sees the woodman's lantern in the distance and goes to ask him for help. All right, horse, good riddance. Beatrice's lines, man, they're great. Oh, you man. know, you know, you know what the thing she's, about Beatrice? She's just real prickly in the first several episodes. You know what the yeah. thing about Beatrice's lines are? 
is that you can't actually hear them on this podcast. You know where you can hear them. <laughs> God. If you watch the fucking show. Our sponsor today is Over the Garden Wall. Watch the goddamn show. Our sponsor today is Patrick McHale. It's not that hard. <laughs> okay, Anywho. you've watched it. We're moving on. I trust you guys. Except for fucking Phil. Yeah, you're bringing down the curve, asshole. I know you're... St- fucking whatever. Anywho. God, I have to hope no one named Phil listens. That wouldn't make him... I thought... Yeah, no, he is. He's bringing down the goddamn curve. Fuck that guy. Uh, we cut back inside, and Wirt has to sing his love song, which is all... It's which a is... metaphor. Sing, <laughs> lover, sing. Sing, lover, sing. Sing, lover, sing. Oh! <laughs> My name's and His name's Greg. <laughs> We're not from around here. We're related because my mom remarried and then had my and then had him with my stepdad. Ba-bum. We're not from around here. This uh, is the only bad song in the entire show, and that's because they tried to make it bad. And it's by I, that definition, great. I personally disagree. By that definition, he takes the flute, has the guy play in the middle of the flute, and also turns the violin upside down. <laughs> He tries to switch flute players, realizes that's not gonna work. (laughs) Like, I think he, like, accidentally moves the violin upside down, and the guy keeps trying to play it. Keeps going. After that, after that explanation, the whole tavern decides he is not the lover, but the pilgrim on a sacred journey, and the hero of his story. We went over that already. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Also, I, this has been throughout the uh, entire show. You've seen this um, up till now. You guys have noticed this. Good work, guys. Feel. Anyways, the hat hair is on point everywhere, mm. all the time, always. Greg's hair is just all scraggly, and Ward's hair is just all fucking like it's cone. it's a fucking cone. It's great. So after that, he tells about his pilgrim tales, in which he mentions the beast, and we have an abrupt transition from the townspeople being excited to hear his tale to being scared of the beast, and mm-hmm. uh. The tavern keeper sings us an incredible song about the bees. Fucking oh, lover. Now, I would like to mention really quick that whenever people start calling Wirt the Pilgrim, he actually gets really into that. Yeah. That is the first thing he feels like. Yeah. A pilgrim. I, I am a pilgrim. That's what I am. And I feel like at this point in the story, he's kind of he's like, yeah, I like that. I like I like being the person who's who's on his journey and doesn't know how doesn't know really where to go. But I'm but I'm moving. I'm moving. Um, that's what he really relates to. But he wants to, like, be the hero and face his problems head on. Like, he's not that guy, but what if he were? Hot diggity damn. And he rides that high throughout the rest of the episode. Right. But going back to the, um, to the Beast. We get the song about the Beast, and, um, everybody's super scared. And they determine that since the woodsman has the lantern knight, he is the Beast. And at that moment... The beast is out there. You better be wise and don't believe his lies. So good. And then you got the you got the guys in the background going, oh Oh, man, background vocals. God fuck. Yeah, it's really good. Um, Turn you to a tree of oil for to burn. One of my favorite lines in the entire show yeah. is just when she says, For to burn! And oh, she's God. burning that one hair off of his head. Mm-hmm. God, she took shit. it off his head. She didn't just, like, take a candle to his head and set his hair on fire. No, it's, it's a hair from his head, and 
lights it on fire and blows it out, and that ends the song and like cuts away from her face being lit up by this fire. Him into a tree for to burn. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so after that song, they hear Beatrice screaming, and they're like, "Shit, the beast got her!" Get out there, pilgrim. So Wirt runs out, jumps on the horse, picks up Greg. He questions for a second. He's like. Am I really doing this? Because he was just riding the high from the from the tavern. But, he's but like, now he's riding a horse. It's like, alright, horse, horse. I, I'm gonna pretend like I know how to ride you. And then he just rides off into the sunset. He rides off into the dark shadows of the trees of the forest. Which okay. we've now learned are lost souls that the beast has turned into oil trees. Not, Not all of them. Not all of them? Not all the trees in that forest are people. Well, yeah, just, but the oil ones have to just be. Just the real creepy ones. Just the real just creepy ones. Just the bad ones. <laughs> yeah, Wirt comes across the woodsman standing over Beatrice. He's like, oh, you must be the beast, because you've got the lantern. And you're scary, and you've got an axe, and Beatrice is knocked out in front of you, and all that shit. And it's like, boy, if he wanted to kill you, he could have done it years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and then Wirt... Woodsman is shredded, as we have stated. <laughs> but Wirt overpowers him. Wirt overpowers him. No, well, he okay. doesn't. He latches on to the woodsman's leg, well, and the first, woodsman's like, what the fuck are you first doing? First he dude? blows he blows his own uh, lantern out, and then Which was anime sick. teleports behind the woodsman <laughs> and grabs, grabs his legs and tries to trip him. Nothing personal, kiddo. That nothing happened. Woodsman puts down the lantern for a sec to deal with this goddamn nuisance child. But he kicks the lantern away, and it sets fire to this animalwood tree. The whole, the whole fucking tree just goes up in an instant. By the way, I don't think we've mentioned that, but these oil trees are called Edelwood trees. Yeah, right. they are called Edelwood trees. You just grind them into oil. Wirt gets Beatrice and books it on fuck out of there. Books it on out of there uh, on their horse. Plot twist of the episode: horse talk. <laughs> plot twist of the episode: horse talks. His plot twist. Fred. Other Man. plot twist. Ending scene. Wait, no, no, wait, no, 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 no. Oh, wait, guys, I want to talk about Fred real quick. Guys, come we on. just did horse talk. We can talk about Fred in the next. Episode. Fred, horse talk. Fred gets his his shit in the next episode. Okay. Right now, ending scene. Okay. The ending scene where we see the real beast. The real beast, and just as haunting as you would think. Remember the plot twist: how the woodsman was the beast. Double plot twist: he's not the beast. No, the beast is the shadow with glowing white eyes and 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 the long tree branch like antlers and the voice of gold. Also, man, they do the not... The voice of the... I think they describe it as the voice of the four winds. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Oh, is that what they said? Yeah. Oh, man. Um, or the vo- a voice like the four winds. One of yeah. those two. La, 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 la. Chop the wood to burn the fire. No, the Beast is actually voiced by an actual opera singer who does sing opera in this show. He's got some yeah. opera shit. Yeah, it's, it's, it's real awesome. good. It's so good. Yeah, he's really great. They just try. You know why this show is good? Because they just tried really, really hard. And they <laughs> yeah. did a good job. And they got a bunch of good people. Although, I want to say, Fuck. whenever they show up, whenever they show the Beast, they don't grease the wheels at all. He's just standing right there. Yeah, he just hangs. He just chills. It's it's super cool. And um, it's just so unsettling. I love it. Maybe so I should take the lantern for a while, woodsman. I oh. fought you for the lantern once. I'll fight you again. The woodsman's cool. He's, He's a cool, cool dude. The beast reveals. What's that lantern about, Nick? Oh, the lantern. Yeah, we figure out what the fuck is up with that. The lantern, the the story behind that is, the woodsman, he was able to get the lantern away from the beast who had originally owned it, 
But the beast then put his daughter's soul into the lantern so that the woodsman has to keep it going or his daughter is going to die. Or, or she's, her soul's going to be gone. Yeah. Which is super cool. That's why he's cutting this wood and grinding up all these trees into oil and shit because his daughter's fucking dead otherwise. Now episode five. Episode five. Episode five, mad love. Where, what the fuck? Where are we now? We're at a mansion. Whoa, shit. Crazy rich dude who thinks that Wirt and Greg are his nephews and they're gonna Now, is he very, very rich or is he mentally unstable? Both. Yeah. Very big both. Very much of both. I love this guy so much. He's so Quincy Endelcott. Oh my god. He is hilarious. Or Unky Endelcott. Like, they made him crazy, but they made him crazy in the funniest way possible. Like, he'll, like, constantly referencing how crazy he is and being a dramatic fucking, being just a huge ass drama queen about it. He's kind of like a Mad Hatter Mm -hmm. type character. Well, the thing that I love about him is that the reason that he's acting crazy is because he's scared that he's going crazy, and that's just making him more crazy. I know, it's a vicious I'm pretty sure there's a term for that, but I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, he's like, well, he's like spiraling worse and worse, because he's like, what if I am crazy? Oh no! What if I'm crazy? What if I'm crazy? <laughs> so, he's... Quincy, what's, how's he so rich? What's his business? What does he do? Tea is his trade. Tea is his trade. Ah, is it good tea? He doesn't know. <laughs> he doesn't drink tea. He doesn't touch the stuff himself. I'm not, I'm not touching that gross leaf water. Ew. <laughs> Fucking, I'm getting strong Colonel Sanders vibes from that. Like, what? I'm not the only one. Right? What? Wait, wait, what? what? Is that part of the Colonel Sanders lore that, that he, he doesn't like tea? eat chicken? Yeah, you guys don't know that. Colonel what? Sanders what? doesn't eat chicken? No, like in one of the like, someone was reviewing like you know behind the scenes one of the actors who played Colonel Sanders once. And they go, so how's your chicken? He's like, oh, honestly, I don't touch the stuff. That stuff's nasty. It is gross. Oh. Well, was that actual Colonel Sanders or the person portraying Colonel no, it Sanders? No, was, it was one of the thousands of heads of the Hydra that is Colonel Sanders. <laughs> it was only one, but still, I found it funny. What? But no, were they portraying Colonel Sanders at that point? <laughs> yeah, yes. What? Shit! No, 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 no. That yeah. wasn't, they were on the commercial, but no, like, no, no, no. Yeah, they were yeah, actively yeah. one of the actors no, being no. him. I think that she was asking, in this interview, was he playing the part of Colonel Sanders? Was Colonel Sanders at the that character? absolute moment? Yes. No. Was okay, the character well, of Colonel Sanders saying, our chicken sucks? <laughs> it was It was basically that, though. Fantastic. Fucking look it up, seriously. Alright, alright, alright. So Wart and Greg um, are there and pretending to be his nephews, and uh, Wart turns to Beatrice to ask why they're doing this, to which she explains that they need money to take the ferry if they want to get to Adelaide. Wart says, so we're scamming him, and Beatrice says, no, I was thinking more outright stealing. You can't steal from him. Yeah, Very blunt, that Beatrice. We're not really on board with this until Beatrice reveals that they only need two pennies. So he's like, all right, well, maybe we can find some spare change somewhere. Her other reason Wait. for being able to steal. We skipped the horse line. We skipped Fred. We, we I skipped was doing Fred. That. Oh, okay, okay. Or... All right, get to Fred. You better get to Fred. Her other reason for why it's okay for them to steal is that they already stole a horse. Hey, hey, it's not stealing. Alright, Fred's a talking horse. He can do what he wants. I wanna steal. He wants to steal. <gasps> oh, man. Shut up, you dumb fucking horse. I love Fred. Fred's great. So they make their way to the parlor. Uh, Fred and Beatrice plan to steal. They make their way to the parlor. Paula. Paula. 
anybody want to go to the parlor? No, I want to steal. <laughs> the parlor is where they can do their stealing. They yeah. split up into two groups. Fred and Greg go on group A, distraction, while Beatrice and Warwick go on group B, theft. We should mention that Greg is completely unaware of these plans and thinks that he is really uh, Endicott's nephew and wants to go find the ghost that Endicott has been talking about. Greg really wants to see a ghost. Really wants to see a ghost. Like, really, really bad. And Fred just goes along with Greg to make sure that he doesn't, like, get hurt. And also to steal more stuff on the way. Yeah, that was his main motivation. <laughs> So at some point, while they're looking to steal something, Wirt and Beatrice get stuck in an armoire, and they get stuck in an armoire. Well, they're stuck. <laughs> they're stuck. What else do you want from me? What do you want to do when and the episode ends? <laughs> and, <laughs> no, 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 and it no, cuts no. back to a burden of little teenager skeletons. <laughs> <laughs> cuts back to a tiny little burden boy skeleton. And from off screen, a skeletal hand reaches over and places a pumpkin head <laughs> on him. No, that doesn't happen. Instead, they get stuck. So what do you do when you're stuck with someone and you're just like, well, you start talking about shit. You reveal your deepest secrets. Beatrice says that when... Uh, well, she first of all, she reveals that she was at one point human. And Wirt finds that pretty weird. Uh, less weird, I guess, than the talking bird, but whatever. She just sort of... She sort of talked her way into a corner. Yeah. That mess. Um, but she but she also mentions offhand that when she was human, she used to sew coins into her clothes. I like how that's the point you're sticking to. Yeah, you Not know what? Not the fact she was human, but the fact she put coins in her... Yeah, because you know what? That doesn't make any sense. How do you get them out? They used to... No, you, you just don't. You just the thread. Like, it's just to keep, like, emergency money. Yeah. No, it was just what rich people used to fucking do. No, it was emergency money. Like, oh, wait! Was it? Oh, yes. that's what she meant! She didn't mean, like, putting coins on the thing. She meant, like, making, like, a secret pocket. Yes, making a secret pocket in your jacket that if you need, if you were to ever need, like, an emergency money, you can rip it open and you've got some extra money. Oh. That made, uh, makes so much more sense that I thought she... It does. I didn't know how she got... I'm like, they're metal. How'd she sew them on there? Did she just, no, like, bedazzle no. them on there? <laughs> you guys are telling me your D and D characters don't do this. <laughs> no, they what? don't. No, I mean I guess I play all the rogues. Yeah, we don't all play rogues around here. All right, I, I, I was just pointing out the fact that it'd be so hard to get to. You just rip the threads, apparently. That's what's for emergencies. Fucking Sam, laying down the goddamn facts. Anywho, uh, Beatrice sort of talks her way into a corner, and Wart. You know, fucking presses, like you do when that bluebird you've been hanging with says that they used to be human. And they share a nice moment where Beatrice explains that she got cursed for throwing a rock at a bluebird, and then asks Wirt to exchange his deepest secret for this information. Well, first of all, I'd like to add a little bit of gravity to that. She says her entire family was turned uh, yes. into bluebirds. Yeah, her entire family, not just her. Because of a dumb mistake that she made. And then she asked Wirt what his secret was, and Wirt's secret... He has a crush on the girl. And plays clarinet. He thinks about her a lot, sometimes. <laughs> and I also whisper poetry to myself at night. It's like, Wirt, none of that's fucking weird. That Those are just character traits. Also, you're a, you know, teenage boy, you like girls. The poetry thing is weird, but other than that... I mean, come on. I mean, honestly, it's weird, but for an angsty teen like Wirt, I am not surprised. Like, I feel like this was a very natural way of characterizing Wirt, because until now, there's not much to this kid. 
But, like, now, he just straight out gives you all this exposition. You might be wondering, like, well, I should be able to derive that from things that he does and things that he says throughout the show. But no, like, he's not gonna tell you all that shit throughout the show, and, like, that shit never comes up. You you don't just go around telling people your life story and all that stuff, like, randomly. He's a teenage boy, and, like, how they how they go about it is, like, Beatrice really has to pry. He go, She goes, like, well, what else do you like? He's like, I don't know, clarinet. Not thinking about my entire life story right now, you know. I I I thought it was realistic. And a nice a I nice part it. about the scene as well, and this kind of goes into the second part. But uh, Beatrice and Wart have not gotten along so well up into this point. But like after they kind of share this moment of you know talking to each other and opening up a little bit, they get along a lot better. They're a little bit closer. Cut to Greg. Greg and Endicott. This fucking adventure. <laughs> and Greg, Endicott, and Fred are making their way through Endicott's. Stupidly labyrinthian, gigantic. his fucking labyrinthian mansion, where uh, they go. They go into Endicott's tea garden, where they enjoy the peace and quiet for a moment until a Look. peacock crashes into through the window and ah! scares the living hell out of him. Endicott just like he he, he breaks ca- down. He breaks the fuck down, and Greg goes, oh, "Come on, it's just a weird, weird chicken." chicken. The fucking boy, the fu- the best, the best boy. Uh, so they continue on to the bedroom where he really wants to see that ghost. Endicott had seen the ghost, <laughs> and that's his whole reasoning for why he thinks that there is a ghost. Is literally just like I really want there to be a ghost. Yeah, you've never you've never willed something into existence. Like yeah, that. well, like well, that makes total sense for Greg because he's such an optimistic person. I oh, feel exactly. like he's the kind of person who would think like. Yeah, if I just want something hard enough, it'll happen. Throughout this whole thing, Fred wants to keep going. You know, he's going for it. And then Fred kind of loses motivation. Does anybody just a touch. Go, does anybody want to go back to the pool? So anyways, uh, Fred, Fred's starting to lose motivation here. Fred, yeah, Fred's starting to think that Endicott might be a little bit more unstable than they've bargained for. And that it might not be a good idea to follow him into the center of a labyrinth. Of mansion rooms. He starts to think that, um... Well, they get to the to the painting, and <laughs> they realize, oh, it looks like there was a struggle! <laughs> Wait, did we ever explain why he thought there was a ghost? Right! Cut! He saw the painting, and then saw something go by behind him in the room. Uh, yeah, I... Well, well, like, you know if you've seen the show. That is true. You fuck. Here's your 20-minute <laughs> reminder. Hey, Come here's on. your five-minute reminder to go watch the goddamn show, you degenerate. Please go watch this this television series. Um, but no, the backstory is, is that he was wandering around his house, and he saw a mysterious painting. And then he saw a specter behind him, and he fell in love with a ghost. He was too scared, that though. He, he ran off, because it was a ghost, but he loved the ghost. It was a good ghost. Anyways, there's this ghost. He fell in love with it. And uh, Greg's wondering about this suspicious mess. It looks like there was a struggle. <gasps> bum bum bum. And then Endercott goes, "What are you implying?" Fred breaks his theory that Endercott is a crazed murderer and will murder them. However, <laughs> Fred as that, he does, and that the ghost was the former lady of the house that Endercott killed in order to get the house. He doesn't just like fucking. Hey, Greg. I think that maybe he's a murderer. He goes, he, like, Endercott goes, 
What are you implying? And Frank goes, That you killed the former owner of this mansion! <laughs> that they killed is tearing you alive! And he goes, How dare you? Do you know what I've done? What I've done for this money? What these filthy hands have done, boy! I mean, he's not making a great case for himself, but then... He fucking loses it. But then, the lady walks in and they both faint. And by the way, uh... I think we forgot to mention after Wirt and Beatrice bear their souls to each no, other. No, no, we can we can mention it here because Wirt and Beatrice catch up with everybody. Yeah, they catch up because Wirt he start well they find a hidden passage. They go through the hidden passage and they realize that the style of the whole building changes. Mm-hmm. He's like that's from, fucking weird. From Georgian to French Rococo. Yeah, Beatrice doesn't think anything of it, but Wirt strangely knows a lot about this. Again, Wirt characterization. Now, yeah, but then now. I'm totally into this character having a really niche interest, although I really want to find out the backstory as to how he got into interior design. <laughs> I think that would be so much fun. Like, I like that Word is the one to notice like the design shift, but I don't like like I feel like the realization that uh, that that's two mansions linked together comes a little bit like it's a little bit of a leap. Mm-hmm. Like I think we should have seen something like we should have had a mention of another mansion or a competitor nearby. It, it, like, earlier in the episode. Yeah. yeah. His conclusion, while correct, does seems to be a bit of a stretch. Like, I like, I like the beginning of the episode, and I like the ending. I just feel like the middle needed something, needed mm-hmm. a little bit more. As stated in episode three, Work can't learn. He has no brain. So, like, <laughs> fucking, how the hell did he figure that one out? Well, for me, I feel like they needed somebody to realize that that's what was going on. And I feel like Wirt was kind of the only person positioned to put two and two together. Yeah. Otherwise, nobody would have figured it out. Well, yeah. I feel like as the audience, so we should also be able to put two and two together. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I feel like this this is my least favorite episode simply because I had to watch it actually several times before I understood what they were going for. And, yeah. like, kind of, I feel like you shouldn't have to do that. Like, even in a show that loves to throw a mm-hmm. twist at you, I feel like you should be able to go back. And maybe watch it once more and say, oh, look, the clues were there all along. Yeah, I guess... Like, this one, I feel like some information is deliberately, like, held from the audience to try and keep, right. the, tr- try and keep the twist up. Right. Yeah. Well, personally, I actually really liked this episode, and I totally get what you're saying. The beginning's great. The ending's but, great. The middle... Yeah. I liked the middle, actually. And I feel like what I like is... Sure, they didn't have a whole lot of hints that really seemed like, like they were pointing you in that direction... But there is stuff that recontextualizes what he was talking about earlier. Like, he mentions that he has wandered around his house so much, and he's found so many places that he doesn't remember building. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, and he thought that's just because he was going crazy. And that's what the show wants you to think. He's like, mm-hmm. yeah, this guy's just walking around so much, he's just going nuts and forgetting things. When in reality, once you find out that it was another house, then you kind of realize, okay. Sorry, I don't feel like it was enough, and I don't, I say that I don't like this episode. <laughs> In comparison to the others, which, I mean, I really, really like the entire series. Mm-hmm. So, like, I by no means hate this episode, yeah. but I just feel like it's not as, as, like, neatly done as some of the other episodes in the series. Yeah. I don't think we actually did say that the conclusion of this episode is realizing that Quint or Endicott's mansion and this other lady's mansion were so big that they turned into the same house eventually. I love that so much. Which is hilarious. That's the twist. That feels so creative and so very much this show. Each one of them fell in love with the other, thinking that the other one was a ghost, but they both, like, pull back their vines and their gardens to reveal that they're both 
owners of this one collective building. And again, I like I very much love the where the end of the episode goes. And then it's they adorable. just fucking eat face. Yeah. <laughs> what? They just goddamn eat face after that. <laughs> they kiss each other and it's cute. It what was cute. the fuck? But they really fucking go for it too. Not oh, really. Like, it's gentle and nice. The way you're talking about it is that they just start like devouring start each other's eyeballs. Each other. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it was adorable and amazing. That these filthy hands have done. So they send Greg Wirt and Beatrice off with a penny from each of the two lovebirds. Fred stays with them to be an official tea horse. So now they have the two cents to go to the ferry. Fred has, Fred has all this work now. Yeah. He doesn't have to steal with his no hands. Greg has the two pennies to go to the ferry and then immediately throws them into a pond. Delivers the best line. Can I say it? Yeah. He, he fucking, they're walking off, they pass by a fountain, and Greg just chucks these fucking pennies into the fountain. And Wart goes, Greg, why'd you do that? We need that to pay for the ferry! And then Greg goes, no, they pegged me all wrong. I ain't got no sense. Yeah! No sense at all. <laughs> uh, no, awesome. To, to be fair, maybe... Roll credits, end episode, that's it. <laughs> to be fair, maybe Wirt should have held the money. Yeah! This ties back into Wirt not being a responsible motherfucker at all, is that he should have been holding the money. For fuck's sake, but he wasn't. He Greg should have was. been at the forefront of the events so that mm. so that Endicott felt the need to hand him the money since he was the older sibling. And for fuck's sake, he should have taken at least he should have taken the money from Greg and been like, I'm gonna hang on to this. Yeah. yeah. We fucking need this. Can't trust you with literally anything, Greg. <laughs> Except for the good times. And that's that not is- like that's not like a bad judgment on Greg, because Greg is just literally so young that he doesn't know any better. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Wirt knows this. Greg's just having a good time. So there's the episodes. What That's else? it. Fuck. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Well, don't this we... Is, this is a bit odd. I guess we could go into ending thoughts territory, but we're not really gonna rate it. I mean, don't Not we... this time around. Don't we have any, like, analysis to add? Or not? I don't oh, know. Oh, fuck. It's weird because we're, we're kind of saving all the super plot twists of the whole episode and all the fucking theory crafting for part two. Yeah, we've all seen this this show several times several over, and there's a lot times. that we're having to hold back right now because, like, I wanna talk we about just can't it. talk about these yeah. twists until we address them. Man, I, I've got an A-plus banger of a theory for the, uh, for the second half. Damn. Love it. God, I can't wait. I just can't wait to talk about the ambiance of the ending bit of it. Oh. So, everyone, you better stay tuned. Stay tuned, friend pals. Friend right, pals. Next, next Thursday for you guys, that is the exact day after Halloween. We're putting up part two of this episode, watching the last five episodes. We're hitting this whole damn series. It's so great. And we're gonna go insane because we love it so much. Exactly. Why are we arguing? Uh, ending thoughts territory. Why do we love it so much? What the fuck makes, what makes, you know, these first five episodes, what makes them so fucking good? Cause they are 
themselves. No, I need I need to phrase that better. No, you phrased it fine. What right. did you say? No, you phrased I said it fine. They are themselves. They're you mm. like what the fuck else is doing this? Huh? What the fuck else is doing this? Nothing. I mean, yeah, I guess this the... is some new grade A quality ass shit. It's unique. It doesn't Greg doesn't follow any fucking train of thought, and it's awesome. But it mm. never feels like haha, lol, random because it's always it's Greg is there to supply mm. random. You know, thoughts and humor, but it's never like it's never the show's, so. But it, yeah, it doesn't. It's never so like on the nose. Like the show doesn't turn around and go, "Ha ha, look how funny it is." God. Like it's left to be funny on its own, while the other mm-hmm. characters react to it accordingly, which is usually annoyance. And if yeah. you try hard enough, you can kind of trace Greg's thought pattern. I yeah, I think yeah, bar none. From what I can think of, I think Greg is like the best written child character that I have ever witnessed. Yeah, he's... he yeah. He is, he acts exactly as you would think a young child would act. He's voiced by a young child! That is such a rarity, to have a young child voice a child with, instead of, like, a woman voicing um, a child, or, like, pitching the voice up, and it's, it just sounds so much more authentic, like... How the hell does he know? Here's, here's the thing, though, is that if you get an actual kid to do it, they're not good enough at things to do a good job voicing the shit, but, like, how the fuck does this voice actor do such a good damn job? I will Like, fuck. He's talented. He did great. I will say, I feel like it's not perfect. I wasn't looking for perfect. But just, like, while we were watching, um... He's a kid, you don't need it. Yeah, but while we we were watching Schoolhouse Follies, uh, while he was singing Potatoes and Molasses, just the way he was singing... Be very careful about what you say right now. He sings amazingly. Okay. I'm just saying, from the way it sounded like, my best guess, just the way it was recorded, it felt like maybe he wasn't singing directly into the microphone, you know? Maybe this is just me, but the audio quality on him singing Potatoes and Molasses did not feel fantastic. Interesting. I don't know, I'll have to go back and, like, really listen to it, but, like, I I thought it was fine. I don't know, that could be me, but it just didn't feel as crisp as other voices but singing. content-wise, the song, the song is just some fucking random-ass bullshit all fucking slopped together like some kid would fucking, believe, like, like, how some kid would make a song. It's great. It's like, awesome. I believe they say that they are going for exactly that, that they wanted a song that kids would, like, sing, kindergartners mm-hmm. would sing to each other, like, in the, in the lunchroom mm-hmm. at Fuck school. you, I'm singing this song to all the fucking... <laughs> To everybody in the lunchroom, and down the street, and at Subway, and goddamn, like, everywhere. Oh, foot everywhere. and molasses. Ew. If you can't Ew. see them, put on glasses. If you want some, get off your ass. <laughs> oh, that's unfair. I shouldn't taint it. I yeah, never it's... once, like, I am the dirtiest motherfucker, and I never once thought to rhyme molasses with asses ever. Yeah, this is the and first I've painted it. it. <laughs> wow, I guess this paints me as the bad guy here, boy. Laura's, Laura's the villain. And it was You're Laura. right, it was me, Laura, the skeleton all along. Yeah. In deep storyboard meta, Laura is actually the villain. <laughs> Dark Laura. Dark Laura. Dark Laura. Nora. Dora. <laughs> no. Oh, oh, that's right. No, Nora. It's, Nora. it's Nora. We already have a dark Laura. We already Nora. have a dark Laura. Yes, it was me, Nora, the whole time, or, and you finally figured it out. I like to think it always stood for Nega Laura. Oh, that's <laughs> it, that's it. 
Should that we may explain or that may not someday be or just leave it? Nah, just leave it. Yeah, alright. Anyway... I, yeah, I just really, I really love it. Whenever it, it's comedy feels completely original. It's all the content. It feels like these are old fairy tales. It but just, still, it's, it's new. It's all new. It's like still it all new. Like it manages to take a lot of old things and remix mm-hmm. them into something completely new. But and also like, comment on them at the same time. Mm-hmm. But then have like, like every episode feel different. Like School Town Follies, I feel like feels very different from any other episode because it feels like it feels like it's traveling through American history mm-hmm. almost by like the mm-hmm. way that we move from you know mm-hmm. from period to period mm-hmm. when it comes to like the the art style and the characters that we meet and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I love the aesthetic of it so much. The aesthetic of just like the quaint little towns and the sweet little tavern mm-hmm. that's the good shit exactly all the good shit yeah it's you know it's it's uh it's fucking over the garden wall it's the good shit tm mm-hmm. something i want to say for our group of friends and i'm sure many many other people watching over the garden wall since it came out in 2014 i think mm-hmm. yeah 2014 it has become a fall halloween time tradition it's got the exact ambiance that you want from just like it's just so cozy it's cozy it's at times. Spooky. It's creepy as hell at times. It's exactly the vibe that you want to get when you're just like on a fall night. You got some hot chocolate or hot apple cider. Apple you cider. curl up apple cider. <laughs> you curl up on your couch with a nice warm blanket, just as the time of day or the time of year when it's getting cold outside, and you can wear a sweater and have a nice warm blanket on you and just chill out and watch this and enjoy yourself. God, I love fall. Yeah. It's a good show, great comedy, deep fucking underlying story, uh, plot twist all the way around. Like, yeah. Just, it, it's, it's great. I would it, say it even work. one of the central themes of this show is that nothing is as you, ex- nothing turns out to be how you expect it to be at first glance. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why it's called The Unknown. Because <gasps> you don't fucking know. Nick's Theory Corner. Special that you. That not count. No. Especially you, Phil. Goddamn episodes. Phil. All right, well... I think one through five, that's about all we have to say. Yeah, that's it. So, Um, great show. Thanks. Yep, thank you. Um, We have to thank people. Before we go, as always, thank you to my cousins Anna for doing the artwork and Sammy for doing the lettering on our beautiful cover image. Check the links in the description to see their wonderful social medias where they post wonderful art stuff. Ryan. I love you, buddy. I do. But, you know, sometimes people just need time apart. You know? People just need, like, you know, just some, some space. Like, I, I, I love your, I love your song, you know, Bacon Shop off of your album, like, Hat, Hat Place or whatever. But, like, th- we, we need, we need some, some fresh air now. This episode, you might have noticed, we used a different song. Uh, for this, I want to thank Reader for his, his his beautiful instrumental of Into the Unknown that we use for the intro and the outro of this episode. You can find the link to his Bandcamp in the description. Check out his newest album. It's uh in defense of the was it Archivist? In defense of the Archivist. Damn, cool ass title, right? <laughs> I know. Uh, as well as his other one, 
It is the nature of dreams to end. Damn. God, he's so good. Y'all. By the way, by the way, Ryan, credit credit where it's due. Check out this shit. Bacon Hat, Album Hat Shop. It's good fucking shit. Links in the description. As always. We still love you, Ryan. I promise this is Ryan, not forever. Ryan. Hey, we we need to we need to build up some discourse, alright? It's interesting. <laughs> Dude, it's interesting we need like to that. Make drama out of nothing. We need to make Ryan drama. <laughs> Man, I just wanted to do something special this, for this episode, and I've made Ryan drama! In the storyboard canon. Shit. Okay. Finally, thank you to Lunalight Studio for having us on the network. Check out the other shows on the network, such as Tin Pan Diddly Do, Ink Tank, which is just now back, and Netflix and Kill. <laughs> Shit, what? <laughs> Those are just some of them. No, you want to repeat that? That sure, last fine. one? Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, Netflix and Kill. Fuck. I don't know what you're talking about, Gavin. I'm just saying the name of their podcast, <laughs> which is it, it is Netflix and Kill. Netflix and Kill. Oh, god man. damn. Okay, yeah. They get intense over there. You fucking listen up. Fucking, fucking pay attention in there. She gets real. Check out our social medias. We're storyboard underscore cast on Twitter and storyboardcast.tumblr.com on Tumblr. I mean, it's it's in the name. It's self-explained. Do you know how an internet works? Did you could you even get here without help? God. <laughs> if you want to suggest us to talk about a certain show, feel free to add us on Twitter or send us an ask on Tumblr. We'll look into it, and if we do that show, we'll let everyone know who told us to do it. We'll we'll consider it if it's a good fucking show. Hell yeah, but. If it's a bad one, maybe too. If it's a no. real, if, it, if it's we'll a do del- bad ones. Too. If it's a, a delightfully bad one, hell yeah. But like, if it's a good suggestion, I'll say. I do want to say we right do now, have a big list though. Yes, Nick- I would like to do a bad show. Oh, he raised. He rose from the dead. He was dead on the floor. I've returned. Yeah, Nick <laughs> likes bad shows. The fuck. All right. You absolute <laughs> bunghole. <laughs> <laughs> You wanna you wanna start this again? Yeah, Nick likes bad shows. Stop. Go on. All right. <laughs> Special guests, please save us before this bloodbath. Do you have anything you'd like to add? Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. This is one of my favorite shows ever. Like I made my yeah, I know. in college. Our, our po- we try. We try. Our oh podcast my god. Really I made, I literally last He's Halloween. talking about the cartoon. Last <laughs> Halloween, I sat my roommate down and I was like, you're going to watch this entire show with me. Good. You're going to like it. Much like we're doing all of our lists. Watch it. Watch it, you please. Watch a show. Fuck. Um, other than that, that's about it. Um, I guess it'll be a week, but, uh, we'll see you then for the exciting conclusion of Storyboard Goes to the Unknown. Well, Oh, the highway! The highwayman music. Highwayman outro. We better get up and go watch the rest of it now. Yeah. Oh. Oh yeah. Hey guys, are we gonna watch more of this cartoon? Answers yes. Don't be stupid. God, I hope so. Pay attention. Let's go. Audience. Adios. Goodbye, everyone. Adios, audience. That's a good one. How the fuck have we thought of that before?
fuck of a boyfriend. <laughs> Yo, bro. We- <laughs> bro, we gotta cut that out. Yeah, no. we do. The only reason I cussed that much is I couldn't remember the word for boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> now we're gonna get the turbo explicit tag. Earl. <laughs> it's an E holding a gun. <laughs> Well, I, I know what our uh, I know what fucking ending joke is gonna be. 